Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. It's Scott here from Woke Societies here to drop another episode of amazing content on this Easter Sunday. How is everybody's Sunday going so far? I know it's probably a little weird for people because I can't celebrate like they normally do. So that's why I decided to make an episode today. I was going to go live, but I'm like, people are going to be celebrating today. I don't know if people are going to be watching lives today, but either way, I'm going to bring you this episode and it's not, we're not going to really be talking about anything Easter related or even virus related. Thank God. We're going to be talking about, um, MK ultra and this article here from Obama, Obama's brother, that he's going to be dropping a book about his family and some family secrets and definitely some pertaining to our past president, Barack Obama. So we got Malik Obama dropping bombs. And if you follow him in on Twitter, he is definitely, uh, he definitely fo- follows Q. Dropping the world we go one, we go all, hashtag, and a bunch of other things that we've seen his brother call Obama out. So he is the brother to be following. So we're going to be talking about him, the recent Q drops, and uh, just, some other, just some other quick stories about the virus. That's not, it's, it's not going to be, it's going to be pretty quick. It won't oversaturate the episode today, but that is mainly what we're going to be talking about, but mostly MKUltra. And how the British, how British intelligence was a huge part of this. Everyone thinks the uh, MK Ultra was mostly CIA and United States, but it was not. It was a world. I'm talking global initiative to start these practices that were done by MK Ultra, and we're going to get into that today. That's going to be mostly what we're going to be digging into today. So, with that. Let's go to the Woke Society's YouTube page where you can subscribe, like, share, comment, tell your friends and family, support independent media. We are the news now. Let them know that this channel exists. They can get red pilled on this channel and many others, but go to mine. Mine's much cooler. If you don't like YouTube, you can always up your fandom and go to my Patreon where you can become a patron for as little as a dollar a month, $12 a year, and you can get... You can just, basically right now it's just a way to support the show on a monthly basis. That's what it is right now. It will be built up over time, I promise. But if you don't want to go there, go to my BitChute. My BitChute is my backup channel for the YouTube page. It has all my content there as well. And of course, you can always go to my wokesociety.com webpage where you can find all my podcasting links in the on the website. And you can download my content on the go. How wonderful is that? You guys can always download this content whenever and wherever you are. And if that's not enough, you guys can go click on this link to my store. It'll bring you to my store page and it'll show you all the Q and Mo gear that I have for sale. And of course, as I always show now, my brother makes these beautiful mugs. This is my Woke Society's mug that I now use almost every day. That is on the website. It is gorgeous. It's pretty. It's professional looking. It'll last a long time. And you have that. And if you guys want, you can always donate to the PayPal for one-time gifts or donations. All these links are in the description below. All right. So we got that out of the way. Let's look at the content. Let's jump right into this because I'm excited. I'm really excited. And if you guys are following Q, which I'm sure all you are, you have the app, which gives the alerts to when Q drops. Q is going, going crazy. Absolutely crazy. But the one I'm going to mention first, because this is so important. We're going to get into the rest of the drops um, too, but this one I wanted to highlight first. This is what I tweeted out yesterday. Or that's why I just tweeted this out today. This is worth sharing again because Q dropped this, le- this late last night. Go watch this document- documentary. 
It's the best red pill documentary that any family can sit and watch. Truly mind blowing. And if you guys see it, it's drive 3951. The Eye of the Shadows documentary lifts the mask on how the mainstream media and Hollywood manipulate the masses. And Q says right here, they have the YouTube link, best document documentary of the year. Black sites are being closed, MK active. And another reason why I want to get into MK Ultra, because I don't know if this right here has anything to do with MK Ultra when it says MK active. Not sure, but either way, when you go to this page here, this is from out of the this is from out of shadows the youtube channel i was on here yesterday this video had a couple hundred thousand views it's now 1.6 million and they've added about 50,000 subscribers on here this video is absolutely blown up and i'm telling you right now it's probably my number one documentary on the cia mk ultra hollywood entertainment it's an hour and 17 minutes long, which I thought was pretty ironic, right? But it's honestly, this would be a documentary that I would be comfortable directing anybody to. Literally anybody to. And it doesn't get into, it's not too conspiracy. It doesn't get into aliens. It doesn't get into a lot of the things that people are programmed to turn them off because of the word conspiracy theory, which we all know was a CIA created word anyways to just discourage people from digging into any of this stuff but it is one of the best i think the best documentary to watch on the cia and the infiltration of our media in hollywood it's fantastic go watch it i have literally told everybody on my friends list on facebook instagram twitter anywhere to go watch this it's that good it's that good it's perfectly com it's perfectly compact it doesn't go into huge amounts of detail I just think it's a perfect way to open someone's mind to ask, start asking the right questions. It doesn't even mention Q. It does not mention Q at all. So it's really good. Check it out. So as we carry on here, I just wanted to throw this in here. This was interesting. This is from Fox News. Coronavirus. Trump has declared major disaster in all 50 states at once. First time in history. So what does this mean? President Trump issued major disaster declaration for Wyoming on Saturday, meaning that there is now such a de uh, declaration within all 50 states due to the COVID-19 pandemic. It is the first time a president has ever declared a major disaster in all 50 states at once, according to Deputy Press Secretary Judge Deere. The move comes as confirmed cases of the coronavirus reached at least 519,453 as of Saturday afternoon. At least 20,071 people have died in the U.S. due to the disease. And I'm sure that's an inflated number. A death toll surpassing the one in hard-hit Italy. And a figure that has doubled from 10,000 to more than 20,000 in just five days. Worldwide confirmed cases have surpassed 1.75 million and more than 100,000 people have died. The declaration made federal funding available for state and local governments, as well as some nonprofit organizations. And that's what this is all about. Well, at least this is one of the reasons that's all about. It's so states and federal governments and local governments can get local funding. That's what this is mainly about. They can also help state governments coordinate with federal resources like the Federal Emergency Management Agency, FEMA, and the Army Corps of Engineers. And some some places need this, especially here in New York. But most of them, eh, most of most of this is just business. Businesses are suffering. Ec the economics are suffering. People are suffering. We we need to go back to work. To be honest. That's where I'm at. That's where, that's where most of us, I feel, are at at this point. The country's being shut down 
for a virus that's killed 20,000 people. It's like, do people forget about heart attacks, strokes, um, these life-ending diseases that kill people, Americans, every single day? They're still happening. But we don't shut the country down for it. And I know that's a, that's a stupid comparison because it's not the virus. These numbers were completely overblown now. These, this is not a theory. These are facts now. Every model has been downgraded severely. This was a complete overreaction that is fact at this point. I just thought it was interesting that Trump is the first president that has declared a major disaster in all 50 states at once. That's just crazy. It's absolutely crazy. And if you see the president, he looks exhausted. This has exhausted him. This is something that he did not want to deal with. He had a record-pacing, record-breaking economy going. Record-breaking. And it came to a halt for this bullshit. But we carry on, right? So let's keep looking here. These are some of the tweets, or uh, yeah, some of the uh, tweets that got queued. Bigger than we can imagine. At Q the wake up. Funny how Q tagged this account in twice in three days. And this has happened before. And it actually goes back to some of my most favorite Q drops. Which reads among, which reads among other things, Q drop 2222 and 2225. See next tweet. And these are my favorite ones. This is in referencing to the secret space programs. Alien life exists in outer space. Q, are we alone? Roswell, no. Highest classification, consider the vastness of space. Love that drop. The moon landings are real. This is 2225. Space programs exist outside the public domain. Outside of public domain, which means most of the world. Most of the world. These black projects, these secret space programs, and these are what these are referenced to. Anon asked, did NASA fake the moon landings? Have we been to the moon since then? Are there secret space programs? Is this why the Space Force was created? False. Moon landings are real. Programs exist that are, programs exist that are outside of public domain. So he answers it right there. Secret space programs. Moon landings are all real. The shit was not faked. Was not faked. But this is one of the... Uh, cue the wake up. We're going to talk about him more in just a second. Because he got queued twice. Got queued twice. And let's see here. Where am I going? Yes. So let's go to the let's go to QMap.pub. This is where I want to lead uh, the episode. And as you all probably saw, Q was dropping like crazy. It was all about tagging patriots on Twitter from multiple different points all over the world. And you can see here: thirty-nine, thirty-five, thirty-six, thirty-seven, thirty-eight, thirty-nine. Q Patriot from Ghana, Germany, Minnesota, United Kingdom, Los Angeles, Canada, Young Q Patriot, Australia, Indiana, Prang Medic in Arizona got queued, Patriot in Florida, Patriot Healthcare Workers, Australia, Colorado, and to give you guys some visualizations here, these are the ones that were in reference to, and Q just went on a, on a tagging spree. This is Germany. It's just um, fantastic. Check it out. All. Erlangen, Germany. Where we go one, we go all. And you just keep scrolling down. And where we go one, we go all. Trust the plan. Portugal. Bosnia. Where we go one, we go all. Australia. Perth, Western Australia, down under. Where we go one, we go all. <laughs> and so you guys just see this Q's just painting this picture here this is not just a United States thing this is all over the world 
people all over the world are watching the United States. They're watching the States. Everything hinges on us. And that's not being egotistical. It's just the truth. The world is watching us. We're the last free country in this world. In some regards. Not completely free as we're seeing with this virus. But this is what Q is telling us. Look at all of the patriots all over the world. Young and old. All different ages. And I'm so glad to be seeing young patriots on here. Like young 20s it looks like. Even younger. It's so good to see that. Because they are the future. But this is what we are seeing. This is what we're seeing. It's so cool to see. So as we go through here. Again, Q is just letting everyone know. Q Patriots worldwide. And they sent us to the Twitter. That is where he was actually collecting those videos beforehand. Before Q even tweeted him. And Q just went right along with it. And started tagging all these Patriots from around the world. And 3950 here. Bigger than you can possibly imagine. And this is why this is on part of the thumbnail. It's all of us together called the Great Awakening. Bigger than you can possibly imagine. God bless each and every one of you. God bless each and every single one of you. It's so cool to see. And of course, the last drop, which one we already referenced, 3951, the Out of the Shadows documentary lifts the mask on how the mainstream media and Hollywood manipulate the masses. Again, linking the YouTube link here. Best documentary of the year. Foreign, F means I think black. I think F is foreign. That's what I think it is. Black sites are being closed. Michael Corton. I'm not sure if that's the actual meaning of that. Active. Class 1-99. Classified 1-99. Future Q. So we'll have to see what happens with the rest of this. But it was really uplifting messages. Really great messages to see right before Easter. And this one dropped in the middle of last night around, I think around 12 or 1. I was awake. I haven't been sleeping at all since I've been uh, not working. So... It is what it is. So yeah, let's keep going here. This was also cued. Uh, this you, this is from Educate, Educating for Liberals. This you from my brother. He's asking if this is Q. No, but it's freaking awesome. I had to go see it for myself. Bernard, Minnesota, what's up? We are the news now. And check out the video. Let's just see what it is. Let's see what it is. There it is. Get up there. Guys, this is in my hometown. A big Q on a billboard. A big Q on a billboard. You can see it right here. Big Q on a billboard. Billboard! Yeah! <laughs> awesome! So that got queued. And of course, Q went on a huge stringing of tweets, which I just showed you guys. It's really, really cool. But on the darker side of things, we this is why I was getting upset the other day, seeing our civil liberties being slowly taken away all at once. And I get people, they have, the police are put in a terrible position right now trying to you know enforce the law but at the same time using common sense but this video right here is just a picture and or a video just a man trying to congregate with people so they could have church in their cars in their cars and it got broken up let's just take a look look at this y'all all these we they, they they heard through the grapevine we're having service at 6 30 and there's more police cars at a church service Yes, this is King James Bible Baptist Church where Pastor Hamilton, where I'm the pastor of the church at. I'm a good citizen. Ain't breaking no law, ain't selling no drugs. I'm just preaching the word of God. And look at all these police cars here. I mean, our service don't start until 6.30. This is America, private property of a church. 
Look at this, y'all. It's more. It's more police pulling up. Ain't they ain't done. I'm gonna put this fast forward here just a minute. The, this is him talking to the cop. No, the gov. No, the government. Our right don't come from authority. It comes from the Bible. So the authority does not have the the right over the, the Constitution. We talking the Constitution law, the First Second Amendment, the U.S. Constitution that was given to us by our forefather. Pre Tate Reed can't give it, take it away. Mayor Eric Simmons can't take it away, nor the police officer. It can't. Not a military. No, it can't. Hey, look at y'all. I'm a good citizen here. I don't sell drugs. Look at the police. I'm, I ain't, unless I'm just a pastor, I got police officers here, y'all, like I'm committing, like I'm robbing or I can kill somebody. This what you, they don't have this when a murder is in Greenville, y'all. <laughs> they don't have this when a murder is going at it, y'all. You hear that? It's just crazy. It's just crazy. But the, the police, you know, I, it's tough. It's hard to be critical of the police, but I totally understand where this pastor's coming from. I totally understand where he's coming from. So let's look at the shit show that Michigan's in. Um, this is even worse. This is this is what it would look like as we're getting a taste of what communism would actually be like in this country. Take a look at this video. It's taking all your rights away. You can't even do your housework when you're quarantined. Just to give you some context for the people in the podcast, this is a man trying to go shopping. It looks like, um, I don't know if this is Walmart, but it's some kind of grocery store. Um, and they're trying to buy meat and seeds, fresh meat. And it's all roped off. All of it. Can't even buy leaf bags to pick up your leaves to clean up your own yard while you're on quarantine. This is a perfect example of the government taking away our rights every day. It's time for America to wake up. This is not acceptable. This is against the law. This is not right. This is against our laws. We have constitutional rights to be able to buy this stuff and do our work. And they're refusing to let us buy even seeds to plant our own vegetables. We can't even buy seeds to plant our own vegetables. What are we going to do when the stores close down and we can't go to the stores to buy vegetables? Oh, that's right. We can't even farm our own stuff. Congratulations, America. This is the beginning. We're going to be screwed. Yeah, it can't looks even like a buy Walmart. Stuff to take care Walmart. of your own yard while you're on quarantine. But can't buy a weed blower, can't buy a weed whip, can't buy, can't even buy charcoal food so you can cook your food outdoors. And it's funny that he said that last part about the charcoal fluid. It's because I, I smoke, I, me, I smoke a lot of meats. Um, it's just a, for us, my family, we like it. We like it better than the uh, regular grill, but I went and bought a bunch of charcoal, a bunch of charcoal, a bunch of wood. Um, and all that good stuff because I didn't know if Home Depot was going to be closing. This is, this was three or four weeks ago. But out there, they are, they are literally telling people they cannot use life-saving necessities um, to cook food. Uh, you can't grow plants. You can't buy fresh meat. And eventually, what will what, happen? Worst case scenario, I don't think this will happen, but then the lines form, and then they decide who to hand out the food to. That's worst case scenario. That's where it ultimately leads to. It's disgusting. It's absolutely disgusting so just to give you guys some heads up on that for sure so all right so let's get into the best parts of the episode here i wanted to catch up everybody around the events around the world that is really that's all going on nothing else really broke um but i wanted to get into these two these two articles here the first one the first one here is from kenyans.co.ke this is the article about obama's brother obama's kenyan brother to 
to expose family secrets and tell-all book. Former U.S. President Obama's Kenyan half-brother Malik Obama is set to publish a new tell-all book uncovering details of relations within the Obama family that have long stayed hidden from the public eye. Malik, who has has recent years cultivated a large following among American right-wingers due to his support of President Donald Trump, announced that the upcoming book would be titled Big Bad Brother from Kenya. He promised that the book would delve into, among other things, his personal history, his initial close relationship with Barack before he was elected president and the alleged distancing Barack eventually imposed on him and the rest of his Kenyan family. In their youth, Malik and Barack were close and served as best men. At each other's weddings, Malik was even the spokesperson for Obama's Kenyan family as media scrutiny into them grew intense during Obama's first bid for the presidency in 2008. This is the story of my life, the truth and nothing but the truth. I tried my best to tell it as it is. The lows and the highs from my origins in the village in Africa to my school days in Nairobi to a bout with alcoholism to my journey to becoming a Muslim, as well as my thoughts and cultural shock when I first arrived in the USA. I also covered my close relationship with with Barack when he became president and the strange distancing that he quickly imposed on myself and his Kenyan family. My life story is a very personal tale of the struggle to find oneself and deal with the realities of existence. I am the Obama, the big bad brother from Kenya that you never knew. The back cover of the book shared by Malik on Tuesday, April 7th, reads in part. Dude sounds pretty cool. And if you follow him on Twitter, he's a great follow on Twitter. He definitely has got, he definitely shares uh cute stuff where we go one stuff. He's definitely, he, he knows what's going on. I just would love to, it would be great if I could get this guy on the show to talk about Obama. That'd be fantastic. Um, Malik holds dual Kenyan and U.S. citizenship and reportedly does consulting work in Washington, D.C. when not in Kenya. Malik and Barack first met in the United States in 1985 when Barack flew to Washington, D.C. from Chicago to meet him. Barack would visit Kenya three years later, age 27, meeting many of his Kenyan relatives and again in 1992 with his then- Beyonce, former U.S. First Lady Michelle Obama, as revealed in his book, Dreams from My Father. Malik regularly shares rare photos of himself with Barack in years gone by on social media platforms. He openly fell out with Barack after his election for a second term as president, accusing him of dissing himself from his Kenyan family and failing to support the Barack H. Obama Foundation named after their father. That's interesting. That's interesting. And that's just one little part. I'm sure the book goes into a lot more detail. Malik was then thrust back into the limelight when he backed Trump, a longtime critic of Barack, in his 2016 battle for the U.S. presidency against Democratic Party candidate Hillary Clinton. Malik made headlines in America as he was personally invited to the third presidential debate by Trump. When he became president, media interest in my life exploded for some years. I was vilified by Barack's political enemies on the right, only to be embraced by them when I became a Donald Trump supporter. Isn't that funny how that works? Oh, that's, that's politics, ladies and gentlemen. That's politics. It's so sad to see, but it is what it is. That's when those on the left decided I was a public enemy number one. I have decided to tell my story in this book, Big Bad Brother from Kenya, he wrote. And you know, I'm just thinking, maybe I can try to reach out to this guy and get him on the show. It's worth a shot. I don't think he'll do it, but that would be fantastic. That would be fantastic. Maybe we can get like a little sneak peek um, of what the book's about. Some stories in it that no one's seen yet. We'll see if we can get work something out here on Woke Societies. That'd be fantastic. 
All right, so we have that. That's going on. We'll have to see what the book says. I'll probably end up getting it once it comes out because it would be really interesting to see what kind of dirt he has on his brother. I'm sure he's got it all. I'm sure he's got it all. So, All right, so let's get into the deep, dark, scary reality of what the MK Ultra program was about. And this perfectly ties into that documentary I was just talking about in the beginning of the show. They go into MK Ultra. And for the ones that don't know, or the ones that are new here, I'm going to suggest learning all you can about Project, Project Paperclip. It's real. There's a lot of people out there. The media will trash it. Um, the general uh, people just that are brainwashed will trash this. Operation Mockingbird, not Mockingbird, uh, paper, uh, <laughs> Project Paperclip was and is real. It happened. Nazis were Nazi scientists were taken from the United States and pretty much brought over to the, to the States and we used them and they came and the stuff that they were using on the Jewish people during that terrible time um, when they were trying to get rid of the Jewish population over in Europe, they brought them over and learned their ways, the experiments they did, the mind control shit they did, all the torture tactics, all of it. The electrocutions, the medical stuff, the drugs, all of this stuff was brought over to the States. But there was more than just the United States that were doing this. Britain was a huge part of this and a part of it I didn't even know about myself. So that's what we're going to get into right now. We're going to get into the history of this right now. The players, a lot of the people you're going to recognize as far as the Rockefellers, but I'm going to give a brief history of this article. It is a massive Massive article. I'm going to put it in the description below so all of you can read the entire thing in its entirety. It is worth the read. And for all you diggers out there, you're going to love this one. All right, so let's get into it. This is from the Liberty Beacon. The name of it is British, British Psychiatry from Eugenics to Assassination. The following article is a classic. It gives fascinating insight into the role of psychiatry, particularly the British Psychological Warfare Research Institute, the Tavistock in London, and its founder, the infamous creepoid J.R. Reese, in the dedicated effort to wreck our civilization and replace it with some sort of drugged-up, brain-dead slave planet overlorded by a handful of depraved oligarchs and their psychiatric henchmen and high priest. Sounds like the Illumidonkey, doesn't it? The Big Bad Cabal. It is not a good idea at all to allow a bunch of degenerates to take over your planet, but the way to defeat the manipulative efforts of the, of the degenerate New World Order cult and, the high, and their high priest, the psychiatrist, is simply to know and understand them and then refuse to tolerate their mass brainwashing, mass drugging shenanigans, which is now the mainstream media and our entertainment industry, which you're going to find the CIA had their hands all over everything to events that we thought were just natural progression of history, but it wasn't. We're all experiments. We've all been subjugated to this brainwashing. We'll watch the documentary and you're going to learn just after hearing me read all this. So where does this all begin? A behavioral control research project was begun in the 1950s, coordinated by the British Psychological Warfare, Warfare Unit called the Tavistock Institute with the Scottish Rite Masons, the Central Intelligence Agency and other British, U.S., Canadian and United Nations agencies. So you have a whole mishmash of people, organizations, and that includes the secret societies. The Wright Masons right there. The project became famous in the 1970s under a CIA codename MK Ultra, 
It's notoriety for brainwashing by drugs, hypnosis, electroshock, and other tortures caused many books to be written about the project in the U.S. Senate conducted hearings which exposed many of its abusive features. President Gerald Ford appointed a commission headed by Vice President Nelson Rockefeller to correct the CIA's misconduct. There was a widespread anti-establishment view at the time that here was the Fox appointed to guard the hen house. The intelligence agencies offered a public rationale for the project, the need to counteract and compete with the mind control capabilities of the communists. And that right there, ladies and gentlemen, is going to be the excuse, the the line that was pushed to us during that time that we are justifying these terrible experiments on human on humans children as well well this wasn't just adults this was children because we need to compete with the communist threat this is how it's being sold to the public after they already got caught a central theme of the mk ultra was to attempt to control the human mind in a similar way threatened and and accomplished assassination of political leaders has become increasingly frequent in public life since the 1960s Just since the 1992 election campaign, for example, Bill Clinton has been the target of at least 15 assassination threats. Many of those, many of these would-be killers and many of the assassins of past years had been in destructive psychiatric programs or members of psychiatric, psychiatrically manipulated cults. The present threats are the more meaningful in the context of the British-led Whitewater scandal directed against the presidency. It is long past time for a thorough public inquiry into the assassination epidemic whereby its relationship to the official project to create assassins would be fully explored. And it's not just present assassinations. Think about all the false flags that happened. All these people that seemingly were not suicidal, that walked into these bars, these clubs, these entertainment venues, and just mowed through people with their weapons. This stuff never stopped back then. It's still going on today. A great obstacle to clear thinking in this area has been the assumption that the U.S. government would not sponsor programs for the murder of American leaders. This is going to get hard for some people to accept this, but that's exactly what is going on. This logical assumption misses the point that the overall project, including MKUltra, has been foreign-sponsored and anti-American in its purposes. We shall outline here the British background of this deeply criminal enterprise with its roots in the political and psychiatric movement called eugenics. And funny how eugenics has recently come up as a buzzword for none other than than Bill Gates. Oh, we love Bill Gates, don't we? All right, so where does this all start? We're going to go back to 1909, and we're going to bring it up to current. 1909, the build-up to World War I. John D. Rockefeller created the family-run Rockefeller Foundation in parallel with the birth of the British-inspired Federal Reserve, the International into the Internal Revenue Service, known as the IRS, and the Federal Bureau of Investigation all happened within the same time frame. All non-constitutional. This is we are, At this point, America was already a corporation. We were already enslaved. And we didn't even know it. We had no idea. So Rockefeller transferred blocks of his family-owned Standard Oil Company, worth more than $300 million, to the account of the foundation under its trustees who were family members and their employees. Thus was established a global instrument for radical social change using American money and British strategy. As we go down, as the, at, as the United States prepared to ally itself 
In World War I, with its old enemy Britain, Dancy personally recognized, reorganized the U.S. Army Intelligence Service into an adjunct of the British Secret Service. Dancy's loyal U.S. follower, General Melboro Churchill, a distant relative of Britain's Winston Churchill, soon became director of U.S. military intelligence. After World War I, General Churchill headed up the Black Chamber, a New York-based espionage group serving the State Department, the U.S. Army, and private New York financiers loyal to Great Britain. The same General Churchill would soon launch a medical research organization called the Macy Foundation for the Rockefellers and British intelligence. So this is why when I tell people all these wars that happen, these two world wars, we saw, the, us as a people, we saw what was going on that was put in front of us in front of the television and the media, the actual war. The wars all happened. But what was going on behind closed doors as far as alliances between countries for certain things and research such as eugenics and people's mental studies on mental torture, their just mental intelligence in general. All these deals were going on behind the back door and these wars were used as excuses for countries to team up and to join resources to come up with these things. And this is what we're seeing right now. In 1920s, the pre-Hitler era in Germany, the Rockefeller Foundation poured money into the occupied German Republic for a, medically, for a medical specialty known as psychiatric genetics. This field applied to a psychiatry the concepts of eugenics otherwise known as race purification, race hygiene, or race betterment, developed in London's Gallatin Lab- Laboratory and its offshoot eugenic societies in England and America. The Rockefeller Foundation created and, fa- and foundation executives thenceforth continuously directed the Kaiser Wilhelm Institute for Psychiatry in Munich. Before Rocker- Rockefeller sponsorship, it was known as the Krep- Kreplin Institute and the Kaiser Wilhelm Institute for Anthropology, Eugenics, and Human Hereditary. So as we scroll down here, Loeb's relatives, the Warburgs, these are the families the Warburgs and owners of Kuhn Law Bank were the intimate banking partners of William Rockefeller. So you have the Rockefellers and you have these other ruling families underneath them. They joined forces and together with him, they had set up the Harriman family in big business using capital supplied by the British royal family's personal banker, Sir Erst Castle. These three families, the Rockefellers, Warburg, and Harrimans, together with British Crown agencies, jointly sponsored much of the social engineering enterprise we shall describe here. So these are the people that are at the head. These are the puppet. These are the puppet masters. These are the families that got their money in, joined forces, and now they are at the head of all of all these programs. So let's forward to 1930. A new agent, psychi- oh my gosh, psychiatry Rockefeller family psychologists and race purification experts created a medical research financing conduit. The Josiah Macy Jr. Foundation, directed by former Black Chamber and Military Intelligence Chief General Marlborough Churchill. The Macy Group would manage London's most advanced experiments in mind control and social engineering. 1932. Rudin Heads Eugenics Federation, the British led eugenics movement, met at the American Museum of Natural History in New York City and designated the Rockefellers Dr. Ernst Rudin as the president of the Worldwide Eugenics Federation. The eugenics movement at the time called for the killing or sterilization of people whose hereditary made them a public burden or national scapegoat. Sounds like Hitler, doesn't it? But this is when he was starting to rise to power. Let's go to the mid-1930s. 
Nazi eugenics in practice, Adolf Hitler was given Germany's chancellorship in 1933. So think about it. In 1932, there was already people, already the, these big-time elites getting together in New York City in the, in the Natural Museum of Natural History, getting together with the Rockefellers and the president of the Worldwide Eugenics Federation, and they're talking about killing or sterilizing certain people for their uh, genetics. It's, it's unbelievable. So these ideas were already in place. So when Hitler came onto the scene, it was perfect. Let's use him as a scapegoat. Let's use him as the poster child for what we really want. And this is exactly what we did. People don't realize Hitler was owned. Hitler was owned in Germany. There was always someone controlling someone else. It's crazy. So Nazi eugenics in practice, Adolf Hitler was given Germany's chancellorship in 1933 and was soon absolute dictator. Montague Norman, the occultist governor of the Bank of England, propped up Hitler's credit, arranged the arraignment of Nazi Germany, and guided the strategies of Hitler's powerful supporters, the Rockefellers. Right here, ladies and gentlemen, Hitler's powerful supporters were the Rockefellers, the Warburgs, and the Harrimans, the powerful families I just told you that combined forces to put together these, these psychiatric super teams, essentially. Only a few months after the meeting at the American Museum of Natural History, the Rockefeller Rudin apparatus became a section of the Nazi state. So they were already integrated themselves as part of the Nazi state. They were their own department. It's, this is, it's crazy. The regime appointed Rudin head of the Racial Hygiene Society. Rudin and his staff as part of the task force of hereditary experts chaired by the SS, SS chief Heinrich Himmler drew up the sterilization law. And this is unfortunately where it, the sterilization started for the Jewish people. It's absolutely terrible. One of the worst things, worst things in our human history. Described as an American model law, it was adopted in 1993 and it proudly printed in the September 33 eugenical news with Hitler's signature. The T4 unit of the Hitler Chancery, based on psychiatrists led by Rudin and his staff, cooperated in creating propaganda films to sell mercy-killing euthanasia to German citizens. So, this is, people were always wondering how in Germany when how did no how, why was everyone okay with what was going on in Germany as far as the people they knew the concentration camps were there. Ladies and gentlemen, it's exactly what's happened to us today with our entertainment industry where they have completely desensitized us to violence, vulgar sex, just terrible, terrible things. We were completely desensitized by the establishment. And this is what the, this exactly what the Germans were doing. They were doing their own sort of little MK Ultra here. They were putting these films out that were showing mercy killing. And at first, the German, the German people were not okay with it. The public reacted antagonistically. Antagonistically, Hitler had to withdraw a tearjerker right to die film from the movie theaters. The proper groundwork had not been laid, so they they were testing their citizens to see how far they could go, and they realized it was they weren't ready yet. But don't worry, from the early 30s to mid 30s, they got their way, and eventually they broke. In 1934, the Freemasons studied madness. The Scottish Rite of Freemasonry joined the Rockefellers in sponsoring psychiatric genetics beginning in 1934 under the rubric of research into the dementia precox schizophrenia. The highest level of U.S. masonry, the Scottish Rite, was the instrument through which the British Crown had reestablished the loyalty of American Masons after the American Revolution. 
So you see what's happening here. They're co-mingling. Not just governments, not just wealthy elite with all the money in the world. They are getting the secret societies entangled into all this research as well. All of the brightest minds. And they did, they, they did this by just repairing old broken relationships between the U.S. and Britain. It's nuts. This stuff is all out there. So the northern section of the right had rallied the copperheads against Abraham Lincoln's Civil War efforts, aiding the right southern chief Albert Pike in succession and other British white supremacy projects. And I'm not going to say that name. You guys can see it. YouTube censors the shit out of people who even mention that, so I'm going to stay away from it. So let's keep scrolling down here. Let's fast forward. So that was the 1930s, mid-1930s, then the World War II started. We know how that ended. So let's fast forward to 1948. 1948, Montague Norman's National Association for Mental Health gathered the world's psychiatric and psychological leaders together at an International Congress on Mental Health and at the United Kingdom's Ministry of Health in London. Now remember, the war was already over at this point. By this point, we've already had established connections between secret societies, the United States, Britain. They're all working on these mental health programs. Now the war is over. Now they are going to bring over the Germans in Operation Paperclip. The German Nazis that were all the scientists, all the brightest minds that were doing all these things, the, the Jewish people, they brought them over to the United States and they worked for us. They worked for the CIA. That, this, is, this is what happened. So this is where we are now. Late 40s. So, at this Congress, a World Federation for Mental Health was formed to run the planet's psychological services. Lady Norman, the, ho- the hostess of the Congress, was named to the executive board. Norman picked as, as president of the World Federation the chief of the British Military Psychological Warfare Department, Tavistock Institute Chief Brig General, Dr. John Rawlings Reese. So, the Macy Foundation's chief medical officer, Dr. Frank Fremont Smith, would be the permanent co-director of the World Federation with J.R. Reese. The technical coordinator of the U.S. delegation to the 1948 Congress, Nina Ridenauer, later wrote in Mental Health United States, a 50-year history that the World Federation for Mental Health had been created upon a recommendation. This is where it gets crazy. Had been created upon the recommendation of the United States. I'm sorry. Recommendation of the United Nations World Health Organization and UNESCO because they needed a non-government non-accountable to any check of law or constitution. So I'll say it again. This, this, this institution was created and recommended by the United Nations and who? And UNESCO. And they wanted to create this foundation because it would not be, not be controlled by any law or constitution. Super sketchy. This is why a lot of these, these treaties, these global, these global things going on, they're all to get around law, and there's no checks and balances. This is exactly what's going on. So they created it. They created the mental health organization, which they could cooperate under. Ridenor alluded to the fact that the British Psychological Warfare Executive had itself created the heart of the UN apparatus, the United Nations apparatus, the, the globalist United Nations having official 
consult the status of the United Nations and several of its specialized agencies, the World Federation for Mental Health, is in position to influence some of the UN's decisions and some aspects of its program. So this World Federation for Mental Health is what was recommended by the WHO and the United Nations to infiltrate these, these programs as well, these, these, these alliances, and to direct some of their decisions that are made. The two UN agencies with which the World Federation works most closely are the World Health Organization and the United Nations Educational, Scientific, and Cultural Organization, that's UNESCO. The first director of WHO, and indeed quite literally its creator, was a prominent Canadian psychiatrist, Brock Chisholm, MD, formerly Director General of the Canadian Army Medical Services. So you have these people, guys, that were ahead of, you know, who's corrupt? We know the UN's corrupt. All run by these guys that knew the mind, knew the brain, knew the minds. Super smart, educated people that worked in these black secret programs. These guys were running the show. So this Congress, which is in effect funded, founded the modern mental health profession, brought together one of the most exotic collection of enemies of humanity in recent centuries. And this is the list of all the people. You guys can go through it yourself. It's crazy. It's a list of so many people from all these different, between Nazis, secret societies, um, entertainment industries, philosophers, all different kinds of backgrounds, which, cons- which made up this Congress. The Congress was run by the host British National Association, whose patron was the Duchess of Kent, widow of the Grand Master of Masons, and the mother of Grand Master of Masons, and whose vice president were eugenics and Masonic officials. So you have all kinds of Mason and secret society tied into all this. It's crazy. So let's go to the 1950s. Let's see where this goes. So you guys have all this history, all these commissions, all these groups that were funded and made, and all started with the Rockefellers and getting their funding. And this is, this is what it's led up to. So you had all the Nazi programs, now, remind you, we're in the 50s, so the Nazi, these Nazi scientists are still working for the CIA, and they're getting into the height, as far as we know, the history of what they were working on. 1950s, the MK Ultra, the outrages, the outrages perpetrated by Hewan Cameron became the most notorious aspect of the post-war Anglo-American mind control program. Cameron had trained at the Royal Mental Hospital in Glasgow under eugenicist Sir David Henderson, and founded the Canadian branch of his friend John R. Reese's World Federation for Mental Health. In the various member countries and subdivisions, these channels of British intelligence operations are known as the National, Provincial, or State Mental Health Associations. Cameron was also elected president of the Canadian, American, and World Psychiatric Associations. He became famous after the CIA was sued by some survivors of his work because the CIA had financed all the tortures. Cameron would drug his victims to sleep for weeks on end, waking them daily, only to administer violent electric shocks to the brain. He used the British Page Russell electroconvulsive method, an initial one-second shock, then five to nine additional shocks, administered while the patient was in seizure, but he increased the normal voltage and the number of sequences from one to two or three times per day. This terrible, terrible shit. For the CIA, Cameron tested the South American poison called Karar, which kills a victim while simulating natural heart failure. That's nice. 
But Cameron claims to have used it only in non-lethal doses to further immobilize the subjects while they were kept in sensory deprivation tortures for as long as 65 days. So guys, you're just talking terrible, terrible days on end torture. And when they would come out of these torture, sometimes for as little as 65 days, then they would give them LST for programmable hallucinations. When the subject was sufficiently devastated, Cameron and his assistant, a veteran of the British Royal Signals Corps, would begin psychic driving through a loudspeaker hidden under the pillow or through unremovable earphones. They would play a tape over and over again to burn certain phrases into what was left of the victim's memory. And this is scary because this is where people get that voice of God technology. Where people say they start hearing these things in their brains and it keeps repeating itself thousands and thousands of times over until all you have in your brain is this phrase and you become a zombie. This is what this stuff called. It was called psychic driving. The CAA was found to have financed these horrors as well as ghastly experiments in other locations using a front called the Society for the Study of Human Ecology. The Society gave a grant for a study of the effects of circumcision on young Turkish boys the grantees to be an instable studying five to seven year olds and their problems with their genitals. It is claimed that this was intended to give a cover to the CIA front as a real academic organization. Straight corruption, guys. Straight up corrupted. Evil. The question of sponsorship, but the author is, but the authorship of this enterprise cannot reasonably be assigned to the CIA per se. Even before we review other agencies' direct involvement, we must understand that the CIA chief during MK Ultra, Alan Dulles was thoroughly attached to British Empire geopolitical aims. And it's just, it, it's, it's crazy. It's really crazy. We're almost, we're almost done here. Through official military and intelligence conferences over which it presided and through various informal and secret operations, the Macy Foundation directly directed the spread of LSD by U.S. agencies during the 1950s. The Macy Foundation's chief LSD executive Harold Abramson was a psychiatric researcher at Columbia University and at the Eugenics Center in Cold Spring Harbor, Long Island. It was Abramson who first turned on Frank Fremont Smith. Abramson also gave LSD for the first time to British anthropologist Gregory Battenson, sometime husband of Margaret Mead. Then in 59, Battenson gave LSD to Beat Poet, and on and on and on. Masonic charity others, parts of the U.S. government participated in the project exposed at MKUltra, the Army, Chemical Center paid for LSD and related drug, drug brainwashing experience by Dr. Paul Hotch. So this even got down to the military, guys. The military was paying for LSD experiments. Dr. Hawk, a Scottish Rite Masonic strategist, worked with Dr. Coleman under the direction of Scottish Rite Freemasons, field representative research on dementia, another one right out of New York, and the exposure of the MK Ultra scandal revealed that the CIA had funded one of Dr. Harris's ISBAL to carry out barbarous experiments using slave subjects, nearly all of them black drug addicts as the Addiction Research Center in Lexington, Kentucky. It's really crazy. And this is where we get into how the CIA started funneling these drugs, these LSD drugs, to create or defabricate the drug sex youth culture, which we saw with, with the hippie movement. So as, as we go on here, it says we are entering a new era. He wrote of community-centered comprehensive psychiatric care. Dr. Felix predicted that in 25 years, state mental hospitals as we know them would no longer exist. He was right, and there was a mass closing of state hospitals. During the years of 55 to 92, the state mental hospital census went down by 82%. That's massive. The strategists of MK Ultra succeeded in moving the mentally ill out of costly mental hospitals onto the streets. 
where they now constitute a large proportion of America's homeless. We shall now see what kind of community-centered psychiatric care these strategists, these strategists did in fact implement as Britain's MKUltra poured drugs into the country and worked to fabricate the drug sex youth culture. And you guys remember Charles Manson, right? The notorious serial murderer? Check this out. In Cheria in California, as Carol Green has demonstrated in her 1992 book, Morder es de Retorte, which also means test to murder the case to Charles Manson. Charles Manson, before he was he committed mass murder, was himself an NIMH research subject. Manson was released from a California prison in March 1967. So Manson was subjugated to one of these programs, these MK Ultra programs. He was required by law to report regularly regularly to a parole officer named Roger Smith, who was based at the Height Ash, Ashbury Medical Clinic in San Francisco. This was an NIMH project designed to observe and effect supervise the first large-scale drug addiction of white teenagers, thousands of whom were the clinic's clients. We also have David Berkowitz, the convicted, convicted in the New York Son of Sam serial murders, was an initiate of the process. Let me see. And the process was just a... Um, right here. Hold on. I'll find it. Uh, yes, it's Charles Manson took up with a British-origin satanic killer cult called the Process Church. So the Process Church was a was a satanic cult. That's what this is referring to. So Son of Sam, Sirimos, he was initiate of also the same cult, the Process. Manson is most widely known for his communal, communal family, which carried out the satanic Tate-La Bianca murders. But here we know that Lynette Squeaky Prom, who became the head of the family after Manson was arrested in 1969, was herself in prison with a 1975 attempted assassination of the U.S. President Gerald Ford. So you have all you have these famous murders all have one thing in common. They were both subjugated to pre-programming. They were test subjects. Dr. West was called upon the government to examine Jack Ruby, who had killed Lee Harvey Oswald before Oswald could stand trial for his alleged role in the assassination of President John Kennedy. West declared Ruby to be in a paranoid state manifested by delusions, visual, and auditory hallucinations and suicidal impulse. It sounded like he was already under these experiments, right? Ruby was convicted in 64, but conveniently, just like Epstein, died in 67 while awaiting what could have been a revealing retrial. Shocker, right? So this Dr. West lived in Height Ashbury during the summer of 67 to study the hippies. In the 70s, West became famous again for his plans to create a center for the study and reduction of violence. Its staff was to investigate the genetics and biochemistry of their prisoners, including hyperkinetic children, whose every motion would be electronically monitored by Orwellian guards. Though backed by Governor Rodriguez, the plan was defeated. So to tie it up, what was the whole entire point of this MK Ultra program? Well, the official assassination program, the ambiguous rationale for the MK Ultra program was the search for the Manchurian candidate to make, pretty much make someone a human zombie to, to obey direct orders and to be unstoppable, just like you saw in the Born Identity. To study, emulate, and counterbalance communist programs, which to, was to brainwash people who could be dangerous to our national security. These programs were secret and masses of MK Ultra records were destroyed, but some aspects of the program's direct testing have been divulged. CIA executive Morse Allen worked at creating killers under hypnosis on and around February 1954. 
The CIA planned early in 1954 to hypnotize a man they considered disposable to get him to make an assassination attempt, be arrested for attempted murder, murder, and then thereby dispose of. Wow. And that wasn't the whole that wasn't even the whole article. That was me trying to summarize this massive thing. So you guys have gotten the brief overview history of Project MKUltra. All of the people, and that was just some of the ones I went over. There are so many people. This operation is massive. And the excuse that was used to use this program was to fight communism, which we all know was BS anyways. It was just an excuse, a bullshit excuse for the CIA to learn to learn these methods that these Nazi scientists were using on the Jewish people, the Jewish population, and they pretty much adopted it over here. This was done in Britain as well. This was no secret. There, this was all over the world. But there, the CIA's narrative was, well, we wanted to create people that were already going to die. They had no worth. We were going to brainwash them, turn them into a zombie, make them murder somebody. It could even be an American. It could be anybody. And pretty much let them get caught and they get arrested and they take the hit for it. And they're painted as someone crazy, psycho, you know, with look what's look at the comparisons to today. And the thing today, ladies and gentlemen, that you don't realize the CIA has not acknowledged that this program has ended. In fact, they said it was voluntarily ended. These people that run these programs had were given voluntary options to stop doing this or not. And they still have not said today, the CIA has never come out and said that this program has ever been terminated. And you wonder what happens with these false flag events, which have not happened, by the way, because the social distancing practices, but we were all seeing it. There was shooting after shooting after shooting. False flag event after false flag event. And this was during the 50s and 60s and 70s. We're in 2020. Imagine what's out there now. So that's the episode today, ladies and gentlemen. My throat is shot. Shot. I know that was a lot. That was a lot of reading. But you are more educated now for the better of it. So there you go. So if you guys can, like, share, tell your friends and family about the channel. Give this episode a like. Go to my Patreon. Go to my BitChute. My WokeSocieties.com webpage. You can go to my all my podcasting platforms there and check out my store. And of course you guys can donate right to my PayPal in the link below for a one-time gift. So that is that I know. So, so such a happy message here on Easter Sunday, but Hey, this is the world we live in. This is the world we live in. So with that, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to leave you. I have my interview tomorrow with spiritually raw. It's going to be out on Thursday. It's going to be um, broadcasted. It's, um, it's going out to 120 different stations in 120 different countries. I'm going to be talking about QAnon and Project Looking Glass. It's nationally syndicated, so I can't curse, so I have to be careful with that. But it's going to be a half-hour interview talking about QAnon, what is QAnon, and what is Project Looking Glass, and it's going to be spread all over the world. I do that tomorrow, and we'll see what the rest of the week brings, so we're going to be very busy as always. And until then, stay safe, enjoy your Easter, and stay woke.